Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and thank you for joining us as we share the good news of Christ's love. We share a rich tradition as a diverse and welcoming congregation. We strive to meet people where they are and join them on their faith journey as we carry out our mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Worship with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. My name is Kathleen McMurray. I am one of the pastors here, and I am so thankful to be joining with you as we worship God together this morning. It is always a good and joyful thing to come together in worship. And we want you to know here at Pulaski Heights that whether you are joining with us in person or online or on television, and whether you come to us with faith that is strong and robust or whether your faith today is struggling a little bit, no matter where you are in your faith journey, no matter where you are in life, you are welcome in this place of worship. And it is a joy to be with you. Let us worship God this morning. to rise as you are able in body or spirit as we join in our call to worship. Let us worship God, our light and our salvation. We desire to live in God's house and to seek God in his holy temple. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth.
please remain standing as we join together in our affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. This morning we welcome the Hayden family. So parents, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, please say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, please say, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, please say, I do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. If so, please say, we will. And for all of us gathered here, will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this family now before you in your care? If so, please say, we will. We will. Oh, we'll go back in just a minute. Just a minute. What name is given this child? Oh, Isabella Catherine, I cried at my baptism too. Oh, oh, it'll be okay. You want some water? Do you like water? There we go. Thank you. God, pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and Isabella Catherine, who receives it, to wash away her sin and clothe her in righteousness, that throughout her life, dying and being raised with Christ, she may share in Christ's final victory. All right, Isabella Catherine, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Isabella, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Isabella Catherine, there's that smile, yes! Baptism is a joyous thing! We are so happy, Isabella Catherine, this is your family. I know these are your family members, but this whole place is your family because you are now part of the family of God. We are so excited to see you grow up and to teach you about the love of Jesus and everything that will come with that. Here you go. <laughs> it is now our joy to welcome our new sister in Christ, so let us join together in our response. 
With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you into Christ's holy church, for we are all one in Christ We promise to love, encourage, nurture, and support you, and to help you know and follow week when we gather together for worship, we lift up those within our own church family who have joys and concerns over the past week that we can hold them and support them in prayer. So we pray for those who have been ill or recently hospitalized, including Archer Shirley, Jack Myers, Tony Ellis, Harriet Shu, and Finley McGowan. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for the beauty and the blessing of this day, for the privilege that it is to come into your house of worship, to sing and to hear your word proclaimed, and to lift up our hearts to you in prayer. And God, we are grateful that the words that we say aloud and the words that we whisper in the stillness of our hearts and our spirits are each heard and known by you. God, in a world and in lives that seem to be constantly filled with turmoil and struggle and doubt and fear, we thank you, O oh God, that you are sovereign over all, that you are a healer, a friend, 
a protector. For the grace and mercy and love that covers us day by day and moment by moment and situation by situation. We know that you see and hear all things and in your great love, you guide us through each, each every experience. And so be with us this day, whatever joys and concerns we might bring with us today. Continue to guide us and direct us in all things. And God, in the moments when our words are feeble and frail, we pray together, knowing that the power of our voices raised to you together are beautiful. And so we join in our congregational prayer, saying together, O oh God, in mystery and silence, you are present in our lives, bringing new life out of destruction, hope out of despair, growth out of difficulty. We thank you that you do not leave us alone, but labor to make us whole. Help us to perceive your unseen hand in the unfolding of our lives, and to attend to the gentle guidance of your spirit, that we may know the joy you give your people. And now we join our voices together in the prayer that Christ taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because you give, Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church has incredible music ministries. Our choir, our, um, our instrumental music, and most excitingly, our handbells, which are starting up again after two and a half years. So if you do play handbells, might be interested in learning how to play handbells, we would love for you to join us as we re-begin, renew that important ministry. But we are incredibly grateful for the, the beauty of our music ministry here at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, which is made possible because of your generosity. So as the ushers come forward to receive our tithes and offerings this morning, would you join me for a word of prayer? God, it is beautiful to make a joyful noise to you in our singing, in our speaking, in our praying. And so we take this moment to give back just a portion of the gifts that you have so generously poured out onto us. We ask, O oh God, that you would bless these offerings and that they would be used for the glory and the furthering of your kingdom, both in this place and throughout the world. In the name of Christ we pray, amen.
remain standing as you are able. As we read together God's holy word, you are invited to follow along uh, in your Bible, if you have it, as we read from Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knee that gives way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground like bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. This is the word of God for the people of God. As you are seated, I invite you to turn to one another and offer a word of greeting this day. Again, it is a great joy to be with you in worship today. Um, those of you who are joining with us in person, as well as those worshiping with us online and via broadcast, we are so thankful for your presence. I want to say a special word of welcome today to those in uh, Mill Springs, North Carolina, in Jonesboro and Hot Springs, as well as those in our hot hospitals and nursing homes. We are thankful for your presence. You'll see in the back of your bulletins or on your screen that we have our rainy lecture series returning this fall on October 22nd at the Clinton Library in the evening. We will have a, a dinner and a lecture um, from Reverend, John, Reverend Dr. John McKellar and Reverend Dr. Tom Renner from White's Chapel United Methodist Church in Texas. We are excited for the word that they will bring about how to be a church in a post-pandemic world. And then on October 23rd, we will be welcoming them to preach in our respective worship spaces and hope that you will join us that weekend. You can register for the rainy lecture that Saturday evening dinner um, and lecture by going to phumc.com slash rainy. There is no cost, but we are asking that you register so that we will know how much food to order um, and provide. We only have 200 spots, and we have begun to advertise this to the community, so want to make sure that everyone is able to register and get their spot at dinner and that lecture uh, that would like to do so. Again, it is a joy to be with you in worship today. Let us go before God in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It was a freshman, my freshman year in college at Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge when a week into classes, Hurricane Katrina hit the Gulf Coast. Our school shut down and life as we knew it in southern Louisiana changed completely. Our campus was converted into a refugee center and a hospital and students were not spending time in classes but instead volunteering for all of those who were coming in from the affected areas. 
Throughout that year, I spent a lot of time with the Wesley Foundation in Baton Rouge, the Methodist campus ministry there at LSU, working to help in the rebuilding and repairing and excavating of homes in affected areas of the Gulf Coast. I remember one home that we visited a number of times over the course of that fall. The first time that we went, I was completely overwhelmed by the destruction. Growing up in Arkansas, I was used to seeing images of tornado destruction. But in this area where water had lived for so long, the destruction was not just that of wind, but that of water as well. And in the house, the whole floor seemed to be filled with inches and inches of mud and muck that covered everything. And so as part of the process of rebuilding this home, we began to sift through the mud and the muck inside and outside the house, trying to find treasures that could be cleaned and kept as remembrances of life with some sense of normalcy. Over the course of that time, as we were cleaning out this house with the mud and the muck, all of a sudden, something amazing happened. One day, as we showed up to do some of our cleaning, as we showed up to the house, we hardly recognized it. Because the whole front yard of that house, a yard that had been desolate, that had been devastated, that had been upturned earth, was now filled with hundreds of sunflowers. It's known in biology as a super bloom, something that happens when either earth has been overturned and flooded or after a long period of desolation where no bloom has happened, when there is rain, this super bloom can happen. And seeds that were lying dormant underneath the parched earth can bloom and sprout and bring forth life. It sounds a little bit like this vision that Isaiah is sharing with us in our scripture lesson for today. The scripture scripture lesson that we receive, this beautiful imagery of blooms and life and joy bursting forth in the midst of the wilderness and the desert is one that is a little bit surprisingly placed in Isaiah's prophecy. You see, For the first part of Isaiah, what we receive from the prophet are words of desolation and destruction. Um, They are words that tell of the consequences that the people of Israel are to be facing because they have failed to live up to God's laws and standards. The people have ceased to live into their identity as the children of God as far as taking care of the widows and the orphans, as far as welcoming the strangers. They have instead become too focused on themselves and on giving God legalistic sacrifices, and they have forgotten who they are supposed to be at their heart, which is the people of God for God's world. And so they are facing an invasion from a neighboring country. They are facing desolation and destruction, and so much of what the prophet Isaiah has to say to them are those very words. Words telling them that they will be conquered, that they will be scattered, that their identity as the people of God will be in question. They are told that they will be like like the people their ancestors who wandered in the wilderness. That word wilderness in Hebrew is the word midbar. And they are told that they will be entering this desert wilderness, this midbar, again, like their ancestors did many years ago. 
Now that midbar for the people of Israel would have brought up lots of imagery of desolation and destruction, of parched earth, of wandering in the wilderness, of hopelessness, of calling out and crying out to God for help and for guidance as they waited. But what Isaiah says, in the midst of this foretelling, in the midst of recognizing that the people will indeed be facing consequences of their action, the prophet offers these words that we receive today. Yes, there will be joy, even in this desert wasteland. Joy springs forth. One of my favorite pictures of joy is a picture that I came across a couple of years ago in preparation for an Advent sermon. It was a picture of three children, each holding up gigantic letters, J, O, and Y. Clearly, these children had been prepped and prepared and well-dressed for a lovely family portrait to depict joy of the season. Only each and every one of them was screaming. It is a reminder that we may have this perfect picture of what joy might look like, but <laughs> oftentimes life doesn't give us picture perfect. There have been so many books and formulas <coughs> creating, cre created for teaching us humans how to make and create a life of happiness for ourselves, including books from many Christians, saying that if you just pray hard enough and do what is right, that your life will turn out well. But what happens when the self-help book doesn't work? When the cancer comes back? When the company downsizes and you face financial struggles? when a spouse is unfaithful, when addiction rears its ugly head, when life seems a desolate wasteland of wilderness and wandering and you find yourself crying out to God, what happens then? As the people of Israel, as the people of God, we turn to God and to one another in those times to find the joy that may be laying underneath the parched surface waiting to bloom. Joy that blooms from desolation, like the super bloom out of the emptiness, like the sunflowers out of destruction. And with God and God's people, we find that. Isaiah gives us beautiful words, inviting the people to strengthen the feeble hands, to steady the knees that give way. Words that remind them that in God, the eyes of the blind will be open, the ears of the deaf unstopped, that the lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongues shall sing for joy. All of the differing abilities that we find ourselves in, all the differing struggles that we encounter in life, we do not face alone. And in that non-loneliness, we can discover a resilient joy springing forth even in the destruction and desolation of life. There was a video that came across one of my social media feeds a while back when a little boy was facing cancer treatments in a hospital. This little boy was so, so scared. And you could see from his face just how destroyed he was and how much he was struggling with the fear of this hospital space and what would happen as these treatments continued. But the boy was invited to go to the window of his room, 
a window that overlooked the parking lot below. And over the phone, his father told him, I'm doing this for you. As the boy looked down on the phone with his dad, he saw his dad there in the parking lot with a boombox. And the dad began dancing. And he invited his son from those stories above to dance with him. There in the parking lot, as people passed this father and music, dancing seemingly for no one, the people looked with eyes of confusion on the scene they were encountering. But the boy upstairs looked with joy at his dad. It was a joy. It was contagious. That kind of joy, joy that comes as hope, joy that comes in the face of hurt, joy that comes from love. That kind of joy's existence isn't dependent on circumstances that we find ourselves in, but on the people that we surround ourselves with and on the God who is always with us. That joy reminds us that we aren't wandering in the wilderness alone, that we aren't sifting through mud alone, that we aren't facing cancer alone, that we aren't grieving alone, that we aren't confronting the problems of the world, the problems of injustice and oppression alone. The joy of the people of God is resilient joy. Joy that stands in the face of all adversity and all hardship and all sin. Because as people of God, we are a people of resurrection. The people of Israel were facing the consequences of their sin. Their sin that had caused them to abandon the commandments of God, to abandon their identity as people of God, living in God's righteousness and justice. They had abandoned that for their own pleasure. But what Isaiah is reminding them here is that there is still hope because we are a people of resilient joy. We are a people of resurrection. That is the crux of the gospel for us, is that underneath what we view as parched earth, as midbar, as deserted wilderness and wasteland and muck in our lives and in the life of our world, there are seeds, seeds of God readying to break forth in bloom. Chuck Campbell is a pastor who for many years taught at Columbia Seminary in Decatur, Georgia. He would work with his students to lead worship at a homeless shelter in Atlanta. And each time as the people would gather together with this homeless shelter, they would encounter many people that were unhoused for various reasons. But a number of the unhoused persons that lived there who were struggling were doing so because of varying mental illnesses, many mental struggles. Many of the persons were not able to speak or to interact with others, but they showed up because there was something about being in this community that brought them hope in the midst of the situations in which they faced. On one occasion, Chuck Campbell tells the story that as they gathered for worship and he was preaching and teaching about what it meant to find hope, that God could interact with people no matter their circumstances. There was a man in the back, a man who had never spoken before, 
to anyone in that gathering. And the man began raising his hand and pointing at himself. And Chuck stopped what he was saying and invited the man to come forward. Again, not knowing what would happen because this man had never spoken before. But in the middle of the circle of people, this man bowed his head and began to sing. And as he began to sing, the community began to sing with him. Campbell says, our worship became a token of the resurrection in the midst of the powers of death, a glimpse of God's beloved community. I don't know if even Isaiah could have imagined the glory of that moment in downtown Atlanta as the hands of the speechless were singing for joy. As we find ourselves worshiping today, I know that a number of us may find ourselves in various midbars, wildernesses of life. And my hope is that all of us, no matter where we find ourselves, whether it be a desert of illness, or a desert of financial struggles, or broken relationships, or struggling under the stress of the injustice of the world, or the sins that we have committed that have harmed others. Whatever midbar wilderness we find ourselves in today, it is my hope and my prayer that we all receive the good news from the prophet Isaiah that God is not done with us ever. That in Jesus Christ, we are people of resurrection. Resurrected from our dirt, a people resurrected from the parched desert, from our sin, resurrected to be the people God calls us to be, to bloom and to dance and to sing and to bring light and love and healing and hope into this world, which so often feels like mud and muck. Let us receive the new life that God is bringing. And let us share in God's work of resilient joy for the world. That the world may dance for joy. That blooms may burst forth from parched land. And that new life may be experienced by all who seek it. Let us pray. God, I pray today that as we find our hearts in wilderness wanderings, that you will enter in with your joy. That you will send us to your people, O oh God, that can bring joy to us. And that we can experience in you and in your beloved community resilience that leads us to life. For you indeed are faithful always. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. At the end of every service of worship, we invite those who would like to unite with our church to do so at this time. If you are in person, you can find cards that say how to join in the seat backs in the pew backs in front of you. You can fill those cards out and bring them forward as we sing our final hymn. If you are joining with us online or via broadcast and you would like to become a part of our church, you can call the church office or go to phumc.com connect and we will be glad to welcome you into our family of faith as we seek to live a resurrected life as the people of God. Will you rise as you are able as we join together?
Go forth to share that love with all you meet so that those who do not know it will find in you and in God a generous and precious friend. So go in peace, have a great week, and tell someone about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. visit our website to let us know you were a part of our viewing community today or to learn more about how you can get involved in our ongoing mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world.